0: up dog
1: what up dog uh how we doing
0: good man how are you doing
1: i'm good dude i'm good i can't complain i'm i'm solid i'm warm really warm here in nashville oh yeah
2: yeah um where we uh so we're you know we're moving right now and
0: yeah so that's happening fast right
2: yeah, it kind of is. We're showing the house on Friday. Um, Holy cow. Anyway, so you know how we move, right? Like my dad, like we. Never, it's not just a one-day, like movers come, everything. Like, you know, we move things out like two months before we, before we move. Anyway, so the room that I always record in is like <clears throat> completely blank. I'm just looking at a bunch of blank walls right now. Cause
0: Let it, me see. Turn it, it to me. Hang on. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> like not even like that's like low-key creepy if someone didn't know i know right like hey, there's nothing there's nothing there <laughs> Dang, are you gonna be able to have the same setup at the next place
2: yeah I'll, yeah i'll have something i'll have something um dude are we on episode 37 we are run our test 37 baby 37 did you i mean we we made it to 37 dude we you know that's that's something to be something to be said about that i think that's, that's, that's pretty cool that's a lot of episodes man that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Uh, but man, 37? 37, dude. You know, you know what that means? What's it mean? It means it's time for the Mind of Coach podcast. These are your hosts, Coach Nathan Moran, Coach Asa Duvall. Episode Peerless Price. You weren't ready for that one, Asa.
2: You talked Peerless too much Price?
0: About Alabama football. I had to give you a 1998 Tennessee football player national champion.
2: He was, he was 37 in Tennessee? He sure was. Oh, but I, I did going. say I
0: wouldn't. I got I got upset it with you for Jerome Bettis. So yeah, you got upset with for,
2: for the football reference. They, very you, didn't get, you come with that. Very. Good I, good. Well, I mean, I was going. I was going meta world peace. This is our meta world peace episode. Wasn't he thirty seven? He was definitely thirty seven. He was everything at one point, but I'm yes. pretty sure he was thirty seven. I, mean, I believe you. I believe you. Episode thirty seven, Ace. Nice. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know the deal. Uh, I'm alive and kicking. Can't complain whatsoever. Um, pretty normal week. Guys coming back. Uh, they'll be let see. They'll be back May thirty first. So you know things are gearing up for the summer, getting ready for uh, summer workouts and guys getting classes. Uh, so just getting geared up for that, man. What about you? Uh, how's everything going, in Cleveland Tennessee? So they're coming back from Memorial. Day. Yeah, I guess is Memorial Day on the thirty first? I believe so. Um, I can double check. It might be the thirtieth. Yeah, it might be the. It might. I don't. I I can't remember if that's one of those that falls on the you know the same date or. Weekend or or what? But I'm looking at my calendar right now. It's the 31st. It is the 31st. Maybe they do mm-hmm. move in on Memorial Day.
0: How about that? So many special things. Yeah, man. Shout out to my wife. It will be our two year anniversary.
2: Oh, that's right. We got a two year anniversary
0: coming up. Yeah, can't believe she has decided to stay married to me this long. But
2: yeah, you uh, you did yeah you did good with that one. I'm so a, congrats to her. Yeah, good job by her. Good job. Congrats by her. to me,
0: I guess. Congrats <laughs> to me. But anyway, man, everything. Dude, the weather's been great here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it, I it, say this. Every
0: single time there's bad weather, I just won't mention the weather, but yeah. when there's great weather, we have to talk about it, right? We got to
2: talk about it, dude. It's one positive thing in the world. It's supposed to be like 90 here this weekend. I'm getting out. To the
0: you pool. know what it's time for? You know what this weather calls for?
2: Golf. Golf.
0: You guessed it, <laughs> viewers. Golf. <laughs> if you didn't know, this was the golfing podcast, and now you do. So. <laughs> I, uh,
2: I, played, I played yesterday. Really? How'd you yeah. shoot? Uh, I actually went out the Cheekwood. I, I saw. I was only gonna. I, I shot. I shot a forty four the first nine, and then on the second nine, I shot a forty one. But isn't that like a par thirty one course? Like it's a super short course, no par fives.
0: Oh, there's no par fives.
2: Yeah, there's no par fives on that
0: course. Oh, the one in
2: Old yeah, Spencer right? Creek. Yeah, that we always went to Spencer. Oh, yeah, yeah
0: it, it's a little bit shorter, but still, hey. Kudos yeah. to you, man. Nice sure.
2: eighty-five. I was only gonna play, I was only gonna play nine, and then I got done and I was like, uh, I'm going back and playing another nine. So I walked back in. I was like, hey, can you help me out with like, you know, a discount on the second nine? She was Did like I it's tell you? Yeah, it's just a, she was like, it's just the discount for uh you know for the for the difference from you know eighteen to nine is. So yeah. I was like, all right, whatever, I'm paying it.
0: Dude, I played nine the other day and yeah. I played nine. I don't know if I told you this. I played nine and then I like some people let me pass them. On yeah. like the like on the final like three holes and I tripled all three. Like I was playing great. Like I was legitimately playing bogey golf through six. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, That's good for me, everybody. Yeah. And I'm playing bogey golf through six and they like push me through it. So I'm like, Oh gosh, I gotta hurry.
2: I
1: hate
0: so it. I start dude. and so I go triple, triple, triple. I walk in the clubhouse, I said, I'm paying for ten. am I'm I'm going nine <laughs>
2: I'm saying to me, I was like, God, I, I'm, I'm I'm, striking it well. I'm not happy with my score. I was like, I'm doing it again. I'm going back around I'm doing it again. And that's how golf is, man. That's hilarious. I told you this because um, to, I called you the next
0: hole after I had chipped one within like okay, this. Okay, I was going to ask three. you if that
2: was if that was the round that you that you did that.
0: And then I'm on the phone with you and I hit one and then I chip one in from 45 yards. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it went all downhill from there. But I, if only I could like – you know what would be my luck is I go play by myself, and then I get a hole in one, and no one believes me.
2: And there's no witnesses? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a tough break. That'd be a tough But break. I had to FaceTime you when that
0: happened. But anyway, man, hey, are you ready? Yeah, man. Let's do it.
2: All right. Well, thank you for coming on. How you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited about wow. hanging out with you guys tonight for a little bit. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Hey, I don't if feel don't-
1: like I don't feel like we've talked enough basketball recently, so this is good
0: yeah well hopefully ace will be able to give you a lot of good basketball questions he's filled with questions so
1: <laughs> i don't know if i can answer them all but i could try and right. <laughs> hey,
0: that's all we asked for but um coach i'm gonna go ahead and get into it um everybody on our podcast tonight we have coach ryan bubba smith coach smith is the current head men's basketball coach for lee university coach smith played at Furman U- university where he was also the captain his junior and senior year. After a successful career, Coach Smith began his coaching career at Hampton, Sydney as an assistant for three years and then was promoted to head coach, where he served there for five years. Coach Smith went 93 and 45 during his time at Hampton, Sydney, including two ODAC. Is that correct, Coach?
1: ODAC, yeah.
0: ODAC. Sorry. Oh, that's, I should have just said the name instead of spelled it. <laughs> um, okay. ODAC championships and two NCAA tournament appearances. Coach Smith then took over. For Suwani's basketball program in 2008, he was twice named the S-A-A-A. It's just S-A-A. It's not SA, yeah. is it?
1: It's the S-A-A. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: um, the S-A-A Coach of the Year, while elevating the Swanee program to new heights, Coach Smith then took over the realm at Lee University, where he helped to, helped to usher the program in to the Division II era. In his five years, he, was quickly, he has quickly built Lee into a contender while making the NCAA tournament, In 2019, 2020, and this past year, 2020, 2021. Coach Smith also was named the GSE East Coach of the Year this past year as well. With everybody returning, Coach, what are your thoughts on this upcoming year?
1: Well, it's. Yeah, go ahead and get into it. Hey, yeah, let's go ahead. I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's a long way away, but as you know, I mean, we'll be through the summer in July, we'll be here, we'll recruit, and then. August is here and the guys show up. And so, um, you know, I would say that – I mean, I I wish I could say that I had the year mapped out and knew exactly what it's going to look like. I I think we're still just kind of recovering from this year and enjoying a little bit of – not downtime, but we got a little bit of a window here where our guys just left Mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to hit camps here here in June and and all that. But, uh, I mean, we're excited. I think we – you know, our guys are – they were really motivated, I think, and hungry after the season. I think they felt like we, we still left something out there and we got a lot to prove, which we do. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, we did some good things. Uh, one away tournament game. You know, ha- hasn't been done mm-hmm. yet before at, at Lee in the Division II era. And so we, we did some things that we're proud of. At the same time, I think our team feels that we have expectations that are higher and, and we're hungry to grow and improve and get better. It's kind of a kind of a motto, I think, of our season this year. It was like, like growth. Like, we've got to find ways to grow and improve. And so... I think our team really embraced that. And I think heading into the off season, because sometimes you've had, you know, I've had teams before where you have a good season and we're like, Oh man, this is great. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And then you have a team that's returning, like a lot of players returning in the natural incident, like the natural feeling is human nature, right? It's just, Oh, we're naturally going to be better next year because we've got a better return. It does not work that way. It just doesn't. Absolutely. So I don't sense, I have not sensed that from our team. And so, and and, uh, i've sensed a really hunger and like hey let's go get better and we got more to prove so that's that's exciting i think when you got guys like that in your program that are you know they're they're driving the train a little bit you know Mm -hmm. they're hungry it's you got something to work with and and so i think we do here
2: when uh so you said your guys y'all are going to be there in in july is that right are you guys coming back in July or well,
1: we, we know our guys, we got some guys that live here and they have places yeah. off campus. And, and you know, when we have our kids camp and team camp and our guys, all of our team helps will be here. And so we have our whole team. Normally we have a couple weeks of camps. And so, um, normally guys come in for that two week period and that's a great two week for our team. New, new guys as well to come in. They just get to hang out. They spend two weeks together and, um, just, you know, live together, hang together, play together, you know, run some pickup at night, work kids camp, and get engaged with culture and kids and community. So, it's it's a good time. And then they get to go back home and have some time if they're at home to, you know, do what they need to do and get back in the gym and work. And, and uh, some of them are working jobs and making money. So, um, yeah, we're not like the Division one guys where they have to they get to come in at a certain date and, you know, start taking some classes and, you know, training and stuff like that. The guys that are here will be training. They'll be working with our strength coach on their own. but. Mm-hmm. You know, listen. Division two is a lot like Division three. I mean, you got your kids got to get in the gym in the summer, and and you can give them a plan like, hey, this is what we're gonna go. You know, this is the strength program, but they got to improve on their own a lot. I mean, they, they, there's not a whole lot of people looking over their shoulder, making sure they're doing every little thing they're supposed to do.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of what I wanted to, ask, you know, because we have a pretty, we got almost a brand new roster coming in, and y'all, y'all have pretty much everybody returning. I just kind of wanted to ask you, I guess, what your approach was to, you know, our, our summer workouts don't look the same. Division one, Division two, but I just kind of wanted to get, uh, you know, where your head was at, what your approach kind of to the offseason and the summer was with the guys. It, you know, do you want to get them on the court? Um, are, you, are you anxious? Do you kind of want to let it, let them have their time uh, just to kind of grow together, get to know each other, get more familiar with each other? What's kind of your approach uh,
1: going into the summer? Well, and again, there's, there's not – I mean, we're not allowed to, to get on the floor with them or do anything like that in the summertime. So this, the time that we have, I think, when they come in, we're at camps. I mean, it's just – you're just really spending time with them. Like you're just getting to spend more time. You get the new guys that you recruited or brought in. So you're just getting to build relationships and and spend time with them. But you're also getting those guys to spend time together. Cause that's, I mean that, that chemistry, that dynamic is really what makes the difference a lot of times between, you know, good and great teams. And so I want those guys to be together a lot and to be, you know, you know, growing in their relationships and get to know one another. Um, And again, it's a, it's just time to hang out really it's time to hang out uh there'll be a lot of talk about basketball and things that we got to do and and all that you know when these guys get here and we get going throughout the course of it's a long season so um yeah that, that time is just more of like get together let them hang out let them enjoy playing some pickup together um and that's really kind of like the jump start to our our team as far as like hey we're building a new team for next year it's gonna look different even though we got you know like everybody returning on this year's team, it's – you're adding to it. So that – this will be the only team that looks like this team next year. We've said that every year. So uh, – so that starts the process over of, like, building our team, um, reinforcing our culture, talking about things and expectations that we have and how we do things. and um, But just letting those guys get time together. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: okay, so uh, I'm and subjects a little bit here. What's uh, – random question. Where, where's the nickname Bubba come from?
1: I have, two, I have two older sisters. I have two older sisters, and uh, we're all like three years apart. And so the, the sister right above me, she she couldn't say brother. She just said, "Little Bubba's coming." Little Bubba's coming. So I, I was actually called Ryan in school for a little while in elementary school, and then I got tired of like raising my hand when the teachers were like call roll, and they would say Brian. I'd raise my hand, and I get embarrassed. Kids would laugh. I'm like, just call me Bubba from here on out. That's it. You know. Yeah. And so. It stuck and, and, and I was called that since I was a baby. So, that's all um, right. yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, okay. Nate, Nate's going to hate me for this one, but you recently uh, hired a new assistant coach. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that decision and kind of what went into, what went into you finally making that decision.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, we're excited. Obviously coach Nate here, mm-hmm. uh, was with us this year. Um, really excited, obviously that he got to come and work with us this year and, and, uh, uh, I think we had a lot of fun and uh, learned a lot and um, I think grew in our relationship and, and uh, you got to kind of see what we do here at Lee and how it works and what the Gulf South looks like and, you know, what we do. And so um really, really excited, obviously, you know, for Cole to be able to get a head coaching job. Uh, I think that's a dream for every coach. If you're going to do this long enough, you want to be a head coach, you don't get into it to be a lifelong assistant. Um, sometimes you don't have a choice, but, um, you know, for, for guys to be able to get head coaching opportunities is just awesome. And I think it speaks to, you know, obviously Cole earned that opportunity. It speaks to the body of work we've done here. And Cole was a huge piece of that. So really excited for him. And I do think that, like, continuity is so important. Also, I think working with people that you enjoy working with, I think that uh, um, is so important. And for me, it was easy. You know, I, I think that, you know, Cole and I actually had conversations about, you know, Nate coming on and that we felt like, hopefully we would keep winning and Cole would be in position to be able to get some opportunities. Um, and that we felt like Nate was a guy that could definitely step in when, when Cole left and be able to step into that role. And so, you yeah, know, it may have happened a year, you know, before maybe Cole thought that job would open or a job would open, but, um, but yeah, that opportunity was there. And uh, you know, it, it, you know, I, I do it like, I, like I do with most things that you give a thought, you pray through it, you know, you start thinking, uh, and obviously everyone's going to have somebody that they want to, you know, hey, you got to hire this guy. Like, and to me, it's like, no, we, we've got the guy here that we want. And, mm-hmm. and uh, and again, Nate's worked his tail off this year. He's earned the opportunity, you know, to be able to be elevated, step into a role. And, and um, you know, I'm really, really excited, you know. And, and I think working – I talked to a lot of coaches, and they really the, – the staff dynamics are unique, and sometimes they're challenging. And you gotta make you gotta make that work. And so working with people that you enjoy that are that are like minded, maybe not like same-minded in the sense of like you see the game the same always. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta be around people sometimes that have different strengths in you. Um, but you better enjoy the people that you work with. That's really important to the quality of life and, and your work environment. So uh, we had a lot of fun this year and uh, we enjoyed our experiences and, and our time and I'm really excited for Nate because he gets yeah. to step into a big role and and uh, you know and, and the recruiting role. And, that he's going to have is going to be huge for our team. It's been huge for our success and, and he's going to do great. Yeah, I, no doubt. No doubt. He will. I'm, I, I couldn't be well, happier
2: for him. Talk to us a coach. little. Thanks <laughs> coach. Hey,
0: one good second, on. Asa. I got to ask him one question before yeah. you go. Um, what is the importance of faith in your coaching philosophy?
1: Oh, good question. I, I want to
0: dive into that. And then Asa, I want you to. Mm-hmm. Hit okay.
1: um, yeah, I think, I think that, um, you know, I think when I interviewed here, you know, there was, yeah, you know, I told them, I said there's a there's a lot of different ways that this can go. You can I mean you can you can have different coaches of different back experiences, do it one way, do it the other way, and it can be done in a lot of different ways. I you know, one thing I, I told the committee here when we interviewed, I said, listen, I, I do think that the way I am as a person and the way that my coaching career has kind of mapped itself out is that there's there's a level of consistency and sustainability that I think that we can create here. At least I do think the school needs, I think the type of school that we are needs be done a certain way. And this is how I would do it. If this is what you like, I think we can do it, do it here. Um, and I think my faith is, is something that kind of keeps you grounded and kind of keeps you balanced and it allows you, especially in a profession that is like, you know, your identity can get caught up quickly in the scoreboard and winning is important. I'm not saying that, but like that, that can become your identity as a human being and your value. And I think that, you know, for young men that are 18 to 22, they are kind of making, they are, are going to be making some pretty big decisions in their life in this time. And they are. And so, you know, I, you know, for me, it was a formative time of my college experience. Uh, and some of the decisions that I made when I was in college, I think really helped in shaped and defined, I think, me as a, as a believer, as a Christian coach. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that you kind of take that into to coaching and, that, and now I helped to be able to pass that on to the guys you coach and, and unique in different ways. And so, yeah, I think it helps keep me grounded and, and have a sense of balance and not just kind of drift like, you know, yeah. hey, if we win, we're up here, if we lose, we're down here, you know, and you want players to be able to see, like, some sort of consistency of, like, hey, coach isn't freaking out over here because we lost a game. You know, like, <laughs> he's, he, can be, he can be hard or he can, like, challenge us. And, you know, sometimes – and, again, he's competitive and wants to win. But um, but hopefully at the end of the day that these guys – I mean, when, at the end of the day when, when their career is over – like basketball is going to come to the end. I mean, at some point you hope that like in their time with you, that you're modeling some sense of consistency, some sense of character, some sense of, you know, hopefully like, like Hey, why do you function the way you do? And that's a great opportunity. Yeah, that leads to open doors and conversations. Say, this is who I am. This is, this is why I do what I do. Um, and, and then they also get to see your family interact with that as well. So that, that intersects mm-hmm. together and for a lot of guys, especially in, in basketball, like college basketball. I mean, The percentages of like fatherless homes is just almost staggering of how many kids in college basketball are coming from a single parent home or a home without a father. And so you hope that you can kind of model that and kids get to see your kids growing up and running around the gym and you interacting with your family and knowing that, hey, listen, you can do this profession and you can do it well and still have a family and have balance in your life. Yeah, perfect. I think,
2: uh, yeah, I think, have, I think having families around practice, you know, after games is is, is something really important to uh to a great you know, to building a good program and being a part of a good program. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, your playing career and how you got to Furman and what that was like.
1: Well, you know, back in the day. I mean, I say back in the day, like back in the you know, <laughs> A A U was different. I mean, you you didn't have a thousand teams to choose from. You had a few, and so yeah we had a pretty good team that we played on Tennessee travelers back in the day and you played on uh, the travelers I was the travelers guy wow you know, <laughs> played, wow played for, played for coach Spencer, so um you played yeah, wow, a good,
2: my, Charlie! so I played for the travelers for a little bit i knew i know charlie yeah
1: yeah it was uh it was a lot of fun we had a good time we had a good team and um you know a couple good runs there and so yeah you, know, you you just played he just didn't yeah, play all – I mean, you played some big tournaments and then you played, like, a true national tournament, you know. And so, um, you know, getting recruited through that process was a lot of fun. And plus, and again, the guys that I was playing with are getting recruited at really high levels. So, you always have a lot of coaches watching and, and paying attention. You know, I, I didn't know a lot about – I didn't even know about Furman. I'd never heard of like, – like, really – you know, a lot of – now, a lot of other older people that once you started telling them about Furman, all oh, great school, great academics. Mm-hmm. But I'd never heard of the place. And so – um, you know, we looked it up. I think we went and visited there like during their fall break. So you went with like, no students were there. Um, I think we went and played golf on the golf course on campus. We went fishing to the lake on campus, two things I enjoyed doing. I'm like, I'm coming to this place. is awesome. You know, but again, I was like, I was like naive too on the recruiting process and you started getting recruited and, pred- and we're going to offer you early. And so I, I was, I was a little bit naive of, of like, Hey, if I don't commit now, then it's just going to go away. So, um, yeah, so I committed early. I signed early. Um, you know, played Middle Tennessee, played there at Hendersonville, and and then went went to Furman, and um, really loved my the time there. I mean, it was it was a f- unbelievable four years. We went through a coaching change uh, halfway through, and how was uh, so that? Got, it was. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, you. Well, I think when you're going through it, you're just like, man, what's next? You hope that number one, you hope you have a scholarship. You hope <laughs> you hope that. Uh, <laughs> you know, that the next coach that coming in is, is, uh, going to treat you right or treat you well and, and whatever. But, um, I enjoyed both my coaches. I played for Joe Kentucky for two years and, and Larry Davis for two years. And Larry was there for a little while. And, and, uh, yeah, but the staff was fun. We had a good staff. Uh, so Bruce, I was at a marriage retreat last week and Bruce Evans was on staff. Ed Conroy was on staff. Um, Ron Odom was on staff that last two years. Uh, and Ryan was really my, my connection to get me into Hampton, Sydney and how I got the job there. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and I think I was able – I was thrown into, like, really some leadership my junior year and Coach Davis mm-hmm. came in, and I think the type of player I was really resonated with him. He was a tough, hard-nosed guy who really defended, and so, um, you yeah, know, that, that's kind of who I was as well. And so he, he – I think he really enjoyed how I played the game, and and, uh, and so it was – yeah, I wish we'd have won more games. But, again, you know, when you go through coaching changes, we actually had some guys that left that were really talented and really good. And so our freshman class, I think our freshman class was, like, the most successful at the time freshman class in Furman history as far as, like, kind of our production. And then we had some guys to leave after that second year. We stuck together. I think we'd have won one won little bit more. But, but my time at Furman really was – it was a really balanced experience. You know, I was really involved with campus ministry and thought I was going to get into campus ministry or some type of – ministry as a, as a religion major. And, uh, uh but it was, I, I love my time there. I mean, I have a lot of great memories.
2: Who was on, who was four on year starter
0: boat? though, right? Four year four mm-hmm. year starter.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: He, he's going to be humble about it, but <laughs> he could, he could hoop a little bit. Asa,
1: I'm sure He played, ba- play, played a little baseball too. My fifth, my last year I fished. Oh really? Uh,
0: Dude, I'm good telling good you, good Asa,
1: remember. I got to brag a second.
0: He knows he, he's the multi-sport athlete of them all. I mean, yeah. he, I'm in there trying to get golf lessons from him. So Ace, Ace and I are turning into this golf podcast, uh, almost, to a sort. And go so
1: I'll
0: go in there and just ask him, like, stuff. I'm like, hey, so, like, I'm slicing everything, Coach. Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> and we're both just standing up. People are walking by. They're like, what are these guys doing? I love it.
1: I love it. Uh, Ace, uh, Ace, you're into golf now. You're getting into it, right?
2: Oh, I, I got
1: the itch. I got the itch bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad itch to have when you're in college coaching, that's for sure. That's it's for sure. Right.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, big big golf podcast. Who uh who was on that Travelers team with you?
1: So, my my Ron Mercer myself. So you you were with Ron? Yeah, he he and I were the same age. So he would he would uh was our sixteens year. He played both 16s and 7. He played out with Drew, Maddox I'm um, 17s and then so our next year was Brandon Warden went Tennessee, Charles Hathaway, went Tennessee, CJ Black went Tennessee. You had uh I think um oliver simmons who initially signed with kentucky and okay. ended at four state um david whaley played again I remember pitman i think all eight or nine of us signed division one I, I think yeah. or something you know so it was it was a good team and we lost to arkansas in the national championship game that year um wow. so it was yeah we, we, had, we had a good good run a good group tra- of guys and we the
2: tra- the travelers had some squads uh you know back around that time did you um I was, I what was I about to say, uh, golly, I'm totally losing track of my thought. What, what was Charlie like back then?
1: Probably just like he was when you played for him. Well, yeah. so I I didn't actually, he was,
2: he just ran the organization. Yeah. I didn't actually play, but I heard some, I heard some crazy star, Charlie stories.
1: Yeah, he was, he was, uh, uh it's, just, it's a funny story. We actually, so in the national tournament, we, Oliver and I, we actually got benched the semifinal game because we were acting, we were acting like a fool in, in the hotel. We were being loud running up the hallway. We come out, and as soon as we come out, like Charlie's standing right there in the hallway, and I'm like, oh, we're in trouble. And so, uh, he kind of, he just, um, he wanted to make a point. And so, he, he, we were both two starters, and he benched us for the semifinal game. Um, and back then, and so back then, you didn't have cell phones. And this, this was in Winston-Salem. And so, I'm thinking, wait till my dad gets here and finds out that we're not playing this game. I thought, I saw. My dad gets into this place. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to do, you know? And, uh, Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we, we won. We won the game, and and uh, and then played played the next one. But uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, he, he was uh, he was intense. You know, he was intense. He was fiery. Uh, the first the first time I met Bob Gibbons at the first recruiting event when I was at Hampton, Sydney. When I sat next to Bob Gibbons, I introduced myself, and he knew exactly. You know, he's like Tennessee Travers, Yeah, I said, yeah. You know, how did you know? He goes, I just remember Charlie cussing you know, up yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, i just remember your name attached with some other adjectives uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that, that's what he, that, that that was my first time to meet meeting you know bob and so i thought that was pretty funny
2: that's awesome uh, what so i guess at, at what point did you know you wanted to coach i know you mentioned you said you were i guess religion major and you were thinking about getting into ministry I, at what point and you kind of in a way you still are in in ministry as a coach and a, you know a leader of young men what uh at what point did you know you basketball co- uh,
1: coaching was the route for you well so so how that happened I, I guess i was i was done playing i finished my fourth year um i had i think two classes left to graduate um i played baseball my senior year so i was done with basketball I played baseball my senior year and then baseball was going to come you know pay for my school for my fifth year i was gonna come back and pitch again my, my, my fifth year that summer and i would stay in work camps all summer and and uh and that that summer i think coach davis basically he gave me he said, you have our overnight camp. It's yours. You take it. And I'm like, okay, I'm 22 years old. Here's the overnight camp, and we're going to run a day camp at the same time. So I took the overnight camp at 22, just finished playing. And, again, I ran the whole thing the whole week, staffed it, hired you know, and all that. And so, um, you know, my personality type, that kind of fit with. And, and he came. He said, hey, I think you need to do this. I think you need to. And I said, well, listen, I'm going to come back and play baseball. I'll help as much as I can on the side, but I'm just going to pitch and do this baseball thing. So I get back to Furman in the fall, and I'm like, I just, I really don't like baseball. I don't want to play. I think because I'm 6'4", I'm a lefty. Like I should play, but I don't want to play. Yeah. And so I get back, and I, like, I have this sense that – and at the time, they had a position that was open, and they offered it to a high school coach. She came in and took the job. It was kind of like their you know, director of basketball operations or something like that. And so um, I was like, well, I missed that opportunity. I'll help out when I can. so I had this, this thought, like, I just don't know. I don't want to play baseball. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't call my dad and say, I don't want to play baseball because they're going to pay for my school. I don't know how my school is going to get paid for mm-hmm. And so I was just, you know, I was just praying about it. I was like, I, this is, I know this is what I need to do. And then in the same week of like me coming to that decision, the AD pulls me in and says, hey, listen, I know you may not want to play. But we're, going to, we're going to pay for your school regardless. Whether you play or not, we're going to pay for your school. Wow. I was like, no way. And at the same week, the coach who came and took the position at Furman left and went back to high school. I mm-hmm. oh, wow. he said, Hey, the job's yours. And the cool thing about that at the time, you know I mean, the director of, the, the director of basketball operations job was a, a guy that, again, at the time you couldn't get on the floor. Well, since I was still a student taking classes, I was like a student assistant slash DBO. So I, so I got to do everything that a director of basketball operations couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so I got to coach full time that year and, uh, you know, finished up my, my degree and it was just kind of my launch into, into coaching. And, um, And again, I, and again, at the time, I still didn't think that like, Hey, this is going to be my, this one I'm going to do forever. My calling. I just think that it, it, it's something that made sense to me. It's something I understood like the game to me for some reason, it's like, it was easy to see and communicate. And like, this is what works or this is what I think successful teams look like, or this is how we need to be to be successful. Um, yeah. And so it's just something I enjoyed doing, you know, I enjoyed it. It seemed to make sense how I saw the game. Um, you know, and then, then I had to make a decision on what to do next. And I got married that summer. And, uh-huh. you know, it's like, you, you know, I was going to go back to Furman and 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 really work for free that year because you didn't have a, a paid job and work for free and do skill lessons on the side. And my wife was going to work. And, and at the last minute, I get this this opportunity at Hampton, Sydney through Ron Odom and, and and Griff Aldridge. And so uh went to Hampton, and Sydney and, and, you know, I kind of balanced it. Like I got to provide for my family at the same time. Like, and Coach Davis told me, he said, because if you leave, you will never get back into Division One basketball. And I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm not saying that my dream is to be a Division One head coach. I don't know that. Yeah, my dream is to have a family, provide for my family, and be a steward. But like, you know, I'm not sure what that looks like. And so, making that move to Division Three was the best decision I ever made. It was unbelievable because because I got to I got to learn so much.
0: Mm-hmm. That you know what I he, he I. See, we're on this wavelength, Asa. Me and Coach Smith are on this wavelength because he knew that I was about to ask these next three keys. So, Coach, every single week I do three keys, and I ask them from someone, as I say, smarter than I. You are that person. Obviously, every single day you're that person, but today even more. So, um, what are your three keys to being the best coach, coaching husband and father possible dude that, wow. that's like a look
1: you can't man that's so much like boom like me, all right give me just break it down okay okay. What's the, okay you know i'm not gonna be able to remember all three and so i right, give me okay.
0: one or what are the three keys to being the best obviously you're a coach and so like people can try to like mi- like sometimes you hear about struggling to mix being a good family man being a good father being there for your wife your kids etc while being a good coach Uh, like some people will say you can be one of the two all
1: right let me stop there so i do think i do think that this because i I think that there's there's this probably this thought that you can't like okay you if you're going to be a great coach and pursue this like i'm going to be a division one head coach i'm going to be a head college coach like something has to give like your family's probably had to sacrifice that like there's there are some sacrifices probably that your family makes but at the same time i think that if you pursue it that way where I will do this at the expense of my family, you're going to lose, Like you're never going to be a good head coach ever. Or you, or you will, but but at the end of the day, like your family will fall apart. Probably like the relationships you have with your family, your wife, your kids, it will just, they won't be where they need to be. So I do think that like, it starts with saying that, am I taking care of my home team first? Is, is my wife, is, does she feel important valued? Is she mm-hmm. being heard? Is she being respected? Am I thinking for her? And I still think that you can work really hard in this profession, and you, and you can have a still a good balance of that where, like, your wife – and there's ways to do it where, like, your wife thinks, hey, I'm thinking about you, okay? I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about the day, the day that you're having with the kids when our kids were, like, little at home, and they're all running around in diapers, and, like, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they can still feel like they're a part of what you're doing, but you gotta be intentional about that. And you gotta, you know, there's a way to do that. Mm -hmm. So, but I think if you think that like I, you know, my family will have to sacrifice for me to be a a successful head coach, I I think that you're going to be disappointed. And I think that your, your quality of life and your, your, your family life is just not gonna be great. I don't think. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that you start there. You got to make sure you take care of your family, and uh, and and I've always told, I've always told, I told Cole this when I got here. I've told every assistant I work for her, that yes, we're gonna we're gonna have to work really hard. We're gonna do certain things. You're gonna make sacrifices. We're gonna be on the road. We're gonna recruit. We're gonna have to do these things. I say, I always say this when we're in the the moment of like a season or like you feel like I have to go see this kid and things aren't great at home or like like you just know that like your wife needs you there tonight. You better let me know that. Like you better let me know that because you're going to go home and you and we can go see that kid another time. And so I tried to like tell the, our assistant coaches, the guys that work me, you know, on the front end. of I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to work really hard. You have to make sacrifices. But at the same time, you need to be honest with me that like, the things are not great. Or like, if you need to, you know, like your wife needs you at home tonight for some reason, then then this, Hey, we need to talk about that and go home. And, and we'll like that. We'll get that kid. If we need to get that kid. We'll get the kid. And if he understands that like your family, needed to come first in that moment hopefully that's something that, that we want kids to know about our program anyways that hey our family comes first and so um you gotta you got take care of your family and and uh you know and I, i'm not saying that i've, I've done that perfectly necessarily I, I think that there's a lot of things that you know i probably could wish you go back and and do things and, and change it differently but um but it, there's nothing worse probably than like winning a big game and and probably going home and things aren't good there. You're like, this sucks. Like, I <laughs> I, want, I want to win a big game and go home and everyone to be on the same team and celebrate, you know, yeah. and be like, man, we we're in this together and we did it together. This is that, awesome.
0: That is my favorite thing. Go home and everyone is on the same team. <laughs> like celebrating. That's exactly but, what you want.
1: But if I, but if I was brutally honest, there've been plenty of times in my coaching experience where like, you want a big game, you're going home and like, I just haven't probably been a good father, a good husband that week. I just haven't been like I should. And so, mm-hmm. You know, and fortunately, I have an unbelievable wife who's very honest with me and, <laughs> and, and can remind me and tell me when I'm not doing a great job. So, um, but, you know, the, the other thing, I do think, Nate, on the basketball, like, I mean, recruiting is the key, right? I mean, you got to be able to recruit talented kids and you got to recruit the right kids. Um, and, and a good buddy of mine here, Heath Essingler, he's, he's one of my best friends. He's a phenomenal communicator and, and leader. Um, Does a lot of parent education when it comes to the the sport journey. Um, He talks a lot about like relationships uh, and responsibilities. He said in recruiting, if you identify people that are good in those areas, they're going to be really successful people. You know, if you got to recruit, that's terrible. He has terrible relationships with his team coaches and people around him. And he's not very good as far as handling the responsibilities. He's probably not going to be a very good teammate. He's probably not going to be able to handle those things well here. Mm-hmm. And so those are one of the things I think in, like, recruiting and evaluating kids is, is, like, hey, how do they handle these things, you know? And that's part of what we do when we're looking and, and evaluating kids. is like, how do they handle those two areas of their life? Mm-hmm. Those are two huge areas, right? Yeah, I mean, they absolutely. really affect, like, every dynamic in their relationships they have with their teammates. They affect their ability to go to class, to handle the responsibilities, get things turned in on time. Uh, communicate with professors i mean they just know how to handle their business mm-hmm. which allows them to like enjoy something they love doing which is basketball Absolutely. you know if you can't enjoy basketball and do those things if you got all these other pressures and things coming in on your life that you can't manage and function now not every mm-hmm. kid has that figured out i mean we know that we're you're trying to help them along but i do think i would say this i think that the uh, evaluation piece of kids is like you're trying to evaluate that is it is this a character thing or maturity thing you know and you hope that that don't miss wow. on many when it comes to the character piece but the maturity piece you're like okay this kid just needs to grow up and mature a little bit but we've gotten to know him enough to where like he's there's a really good foundation there and i think he can handle these other, other areas yeah wow that's a great point
2: um oh, coach were you killed it <laughs> killed it uh, we probably only got like
1: Third of the answer on that one, maybe I don't
0: know. <laughs> no, you got two. Um, it was take care of your own team first, which love. I don't know if that'll be the title, but take, you have a plenty of information that could be the title you, right now. We,
1: you want to write a book? Let's do a book on that. You want to? We can we start writing.
0: <laughs> you know. I mean. I mean, Coach, you can, write, I can throw maybe, you ideas can write,
1: out. You can write the first chapter, and I can write the next twelve. How about that? Because <laughs> you're like a you're newlywed still. So yeah, you're you like, got like, to twelve. You know. I
0: got. I don't even know if I have a chapter. You know, it's <laughs> very, very small. But gosh, I, maybe Brooke would have to write it about how uh, how tough it is to be married to me.
2: So yeah, Brooke may need to. Uh, bro- bro- may need to write that one, and then and then he can take it from there. She needs a vacation just from me. She needs to go
0: out somewhere else, just be like, I need to get away from you for a little bit probably. But, <laughs> no, I,
2: Coach, that was an awesome answer. You, you definitely hit on a, on a few. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Um, were you there – when you got to Lee, was it you, – now you made the transition to Division Two, or it, it,
1: is that right? It, I, th- I think my first year here was maybe the first full year maybe. I okay. think the year before that they played a Division II go South Conference schedule, but they were still – I think they were – I think the year before I got here or maybe the year I got here was the full – first full year mm-hmm. of, of division two. Yeah.
0: But it, it was your first year that they were eligible to compete in the NCAA tournament, correct?
2: Yeah, I think so. That's I how think so. Worked. Okay. Okay. So there weren't any like you didn't you didn't have any postseason restrictions or, or anything. No. Is it is it no. tough to build a program that's I mean just transition to a new level? what's building a program at a at a school like that like?
1: Well I I mean I, I think when when I went to Suwanee, it was I think they had 10 straight losing seasons, you know, and so the thing that was interesting about that move from Hampton Sydney to Swanee is that, you know, I, I, um, you went, Hampton Sydney had a, had a top 25 program. And so it was you know taking over for a legend, you know, in division three and Tony Shaver was, I mean, that's, that's a challenging thing. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, it's a challenge. That's a challenging thing to do, and 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 the landscape of Division three and, and that school at the time was changing. So there were a lot of things in the league was changing. So it was great to be able to to come back to Tennessee. And the thing is, I mean, Division three basketball, like, because in Tennessee, it's I mean, you got Rose mm-hmm. I mean It's not a huge Division three like blueprint or like 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 you know in in Tennessee, but in Virginia and where I was at Hampton sydney it was like D one D three. It, it was huge, and I was shocked, like, when I went in there, how good they were. I mean, I was absolutely blown away. Like the first day I walked into Hampton Sydney's gym as a, you know, in five years, I mean, I've done playing. One year coaching at Furman. I walked in, I'm like half of these kids could play at Furman. They're that good. I was blown away how good Mm -hmm. the basketball was. And then I was blown away how good the coaching was. I mean, it was, I mean, the the coaches in the league at that time, I mean, guys that are, I mean, Mike Rhodes is at VCU. I mean, going head to head. He's at Randolph-Macon as a rival school and, and, and Jimmy Allen down at Averett, and, and who's I think is the army now. I mean, you got a lot of you got guys that are really successful in the, in the division one ranks now that were like coaching in that league. So the coaching was phenomenal. So going to Swanee, I was like, all right, this is a startup. It's like you got to start from ground zero. And there's like no short in division three, there's no shortcuts. I mean, you can't get transfers or do that. It's just you got to get freshmen, develop them, and then kind of figure it out and, and get those guys to grow. And so, but that was fun because I felt like it was you got to do something and that everything that you did was going to be like, man, we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would really appreciate that. And so that was a lot. That was really fun in that process coming here. It was, it was still unique because they were unbelievably successful at NAI mm-hmm. and have had probably the best of resources, right. in, in the league that they're in, in AI. Uh, probably more scholarships. I mean, just re- everything they had, you know, level was just so much, a lot, a lot better. Than, than other schools, and now you go D2, and it's like now you're probably down in the middle of pack somewhere as far as, like, facilities and and things like that. And so um, a lot of the sports here at Lee transitioned really well, like really well. I mean, just, you know, and a lot of the female sports did too. And so um, – my,
2: my sister ran track uh, track and field there in cross country, by the way. Really?
1: Yep. Which uh, – and they're phenomenal. I mean, they're yeah. just winning just, <laughs> championships, just, right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so here was, was, I, 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 I guess this was my thought, my thought process. And again, I was probably, I mean, probably insecure and not insecure, but just lack confidence of like, okay, I'm going to make this job. And can you do this? Cause I would say this after every season's over, every uh, coach says if every season's over and season's over and like, okay, you get you're presented with an opportunity to take over a program. Like when the season's over, you're like, I don't know if I have the energy to do this again, <laughs> just take a program. And like, you know, like, and then you kind of get into it and you just, you just get going, you're you wrong. know? and, and and boy, and then, then you blink, and it's five years later. You're like, what? Where? What, what happened? Um, but coming here, I, I said, I, I will say this: I think that Division Three, you get to hone every skill in Division Three, mm-hmm. and you get to do it with like with really nothing to really offer the kids. At the end of the day, when it came down to financial aid and their ability to show up and go to school there, mm-hmm. you could work as hard as you wanted to recruiting-wise, and they could get to the end and say, Coach, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. I Can't come. Yeah. Like I was excited about being in a position where, like, can we work like that? And get to the end and say, "Hey, we have a scholarship to offer you," you yeah. know, and know that that's not going to be the determining piece. That would, that the kid would say, "No, nope, I have to go to Birmingham Southern. I have to go to Center." Like Nate was going to go to Birmingham Southern, you know. Like, um, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, Nate. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you know. So I, I wanted I wanted to be able to say, "Hey, listen, I, I think these are some things that we can bring here. I think we can build on. We, we can do it a certain way." Uh, we have scholarships to work with and, and we have a resource and and we got administration and people here that care. And so that's really, really important that, that you're stepping into a place that people want to win and they want to do it at a high level. Um, but it was a little bit more of a starting. I mean, it was a little bit more of a, like we're starting over and we got to start from scratch, you know? And so that was, you know, you know, some of the success they had and some of that culture, I think it had kind of eroded a little bit. And so, we kinda of had started over. Um and so in some ways it had some similarities to Swanee. I thought we could move it the needle a little bit faster just because we had scholarships work yep. with. Um, and so um, yeah, I, I was excited. I was I was you know, probably nervous, anxious of like, hey, can we do this? Can I do this here? I mean you're making a jump to the level. Um and then you kinda of get into the level and you're like, okay, it's it's never as big as you think it is sometimes. So I always say that. It's never, you know, you get there and and so um and then you just kind of you just start plugging away and, and do what you do and and stay the course I mean that's the biggest thing it's like you just this is how we're going to do it we'll have to make some adjustments but this is how we're going to do it let's go and we're not going to get you know when things get tough or it doesn't go our way we're not gonna you know freak out and panic and and do something different and go start signing kids we don't want to sign and kids we you know take chances on a bunch of guys so yeah. yeah. And so I, I knew that and I told the committee here I said it may take a little bit longer. I mean, it may take another year or two then but I do think we'll have long we'll have more sustainability. I think we can sustain this longer and we won't have these big waves. Um but I hope that doesn't change now with the transfer rule. So we'll see. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, um, no, didn't? What? all right, we'll give it I, I, I was gonna go into uh, some rapid fire, but just give us give us your thoughts on the transfer portal right now and just kinda all that madness.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I, think, I think some of it is going to – I don't know. I mean, decisions are made, and then, like, you, you, you don't really know until we get maybe another year out or so. We're like, okay, is this good? Is it bad? Um, you know, obviously, I'm not crazy about it because I think it will trickle down to us, you know, and pretty quickly. And so – and you see it already with, with some of the better D2 talent making the jump and mm-hmm. moving on. I don't necessarily fault those kids, but I, I do think that, um, you know, we're going to have to adjust. You know, I think we're going to have to adjust. And I still think that you're – you know, we're still – I still think that we're doubling down on what we do and trying to identify, you know, young high school kids that we think that, like, this is their ceiling and where they'll be in a couple of years. So, hopefully, they, they need that, that time to develop. So, you know, hopefully we have the guys that we can keep in our program. But these guys need a, maybe a rest year, maybe a couple of years to develop. And so, they're hitting – a good sweet spot that 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 third year that they're here a right red mm-hmm. sure. maybe two years in they're starting to hit it and now you've held it you've got onto a kid for three years and maybe he's not ready his first year or two right. to make that jump and mm-hmm. so I hope that maybe we can hold on to him a little bit longer because we're kind of recruiting kids like that mm-hmm. and we have a, a, a decent foundation of, of players in our program and so um you know I mean it, we've always said in our league in the Gulf South that you know you don't want to be freshman of the year. We're going to be the runner-up. Every freshman of the year has been gone. You know, he's <laughs> gotten, you know, he's gotten good off, you know. Yeah. So, um, but, and again, the, the, the other thing, too, is you just hope that if you're building something here that's that your players feel really connected to, it's not going to win them every time. But you hope that it wins more than it doesn't, where they say, I can stay and get my degree. If i got another year left, i got options I can be a pro. I can I can take a jump and maybe to to a higher level and get to mid major maybe something higher than that and and, and play for a year, um, and so you know I hope I hope that's how it plays out for us. But you know there's you just don't know. You got to be willing to adapt and, and adjust. Certainly,
2: um, coach. Well, we do like to have a little bit of fun towards the uh, towards the end of the show. You mind doing some rapid fire questions with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: They they're not well they they turn into not so rapid fire questions. So
1: that, that's
2: okay. <laughs> All right. Uh last technical.
1: Ooh. It's been years probably, a few years maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Three or four years maybe. Um you uh, yeah after? Yeah, maybe it's been a while.
2: Okay. So not recently. Um ever been uh ever been kicked out of a game as a culture player?
1: No. No. I've been not talking no. Playing days a long time ago. so Yeah, you know, never, never as a coach.
2: Yeah. So Um, you ever dunked a basketball in a ten foot rim?
1: Oh, a lot for sure.
2: <laughs> uh, a lot of
1: ways. See our players, because I'm old now. They're like, no coach. I'm like, no. Listen, I, I had. Yeah. I had a, lot, had a lot of stuff in, in my in my toolbox. I, could, yeah, I could You had some it. bounce. I was pretty bouncy. Yeah. I was Pretty bouncy. You yeah. got any? You got? Do you have was, any film of you playing? I Listen, Nate my, my, was at our house this weekend for my son's graduation. Mm-hmm. My sister was there was talking about my, my game. So it, it, this is how I learned to dunk. So I was the first kid in our neighborhood, I think it was in elementary school, that got their first adjustable breakaway goal. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, like the concrete set, he came and got me out. He goes, concrete set, let's go. And so we went. And uh, and it went down to eight feet, you know. Mm-hmm. So you dunk on eight feet, you dunk on eight and a half to nine, nine and a half. And we, we spent every afternoon – and uh on that thing and we spent every every night like, like literally we were because I'm, I'm a jordan guy i grew up in that at generation and so like li- we were mimicking like every dunk contest every dunk you know what i mean you just name it and we were filming on too like we had the big cam recorder. i like, was this big that you saw the shoulder <laughs> you know we put ladders on the goal and get up from the top and film from different angles oh, we
0: that's we all. Get the listen, mini, you didn't tell me we, that part. That's cool. Oh yeah,
1: listen, we, we got mini trampolines that we get out and just like <laughs> we show those in the camera. would like pan up or we're getting higher. Alley you started with, started with the small ball, you know. Wow. We always had the small ball when you're young, you are young, and you can palm it. But that's how you learn to be a kid, be creative, and have fun, you know. But we did that every single day, and, and like it was fights would break out. You just oh, that's yeah, that's what that's how you grew up dunking and and learning how to dunk.
2: That's so. amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay, uh, you're up three at the end of a game. Do you foul or let it play out?
1: I have not fouled traditionally, but I haven't lost a game yet where we've been up three and okay. lost. So oh. I haven't, maybe I haven't coached long enough to do that. But, uh, I mean, I, I've gone – the conversation I think we've had on that a lot of times is, like, how good of a rebounding team are we? Yeah, and so if we're if we're not either really big or we're not super physical or we don't have two guys down low that are just they're going to get the ball, you know, um, you know, sometimes we got we got you know, yeah. So sometimes it's like, hey, do we have an advantage on the glass? Mm Because if they got to miss one and get it get it and win a game, then I want to make sure we got we have an advantage. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but we work. You know, you got to you better work on it so um, that those scenarios and. And some teams in our league are really, really good at, at Xing and, and and getting second chance opportunities. And we actually have that's part of some of the teams we play. As part of our scouts, like right. boxing out on free throws because they're so good at, at Xing And and how do we do that? And yeah. who are you gonna leave? Are you gonna let go one on one? And you gonna let bench? And are you gonna? So yeah, yeah. West Florida's always been really good at that. Teams in our league. Awesome. Yeah, I, I have not fouled in the past. Okay, interesting. I'm not not saying that I won't. But yeah
2: um okay leave your best player in with two fouls in the first half uh
1: probably take them out initially i mm-hmm. take them out initially you know But may, may put them back in depending on the, on the game and and the, and the you know the the weight of the game if it's a conference tournament game it's something that you know and, and some of it too is just How's he picked up his fouls? I like you can I think as a coach, you can kind of feel the game. You can kind of feel him. Is he emotional? Does he need to come out? Is he frustrated? And if he's frustrated, like you better get him out quick because he can pick up a third. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the challenge thing with that is that your best player, the ball is gonna be in stands a lot too. So more chances of him possibly picking an offensive foul or mm-hmm. getting a push off and something silly. Um, but if he's a really smart player, I think you get more flexibility. If he knows that, I can get out there and and you know, he's a good defender and, and he knows how to control his body and not, not get off balance. And you got some flexibility there, but yeah. And if the game starts going sideways, then you he probably he's back in there, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, you
2: can't you know. lose in the first half. Um, go uh, okay, go for, go for the tire, go for the win.
1: Um, I mean, normally what most people say, well, you're at home, like go for the go for the tie. You know, you got energy, you got momentum. You know, you get a team in overtime at home, but sometimes it depends on the game, like the flow, the feel of the game. I think you get to the end of the game. Like, if you feel like a team is, you know, sometimes they they the momentum's on their side, man, just go ahead and try to get the win and got to get out of there because you're probably not going to win it overtime if the if the, yeah. the game is shifting. You know, mm-hmm. um, but uh but also I think that depends on you know your bet, your best players and how, how what's the best. You know, if, if your best player is a guy that's a, it's better going downhill, or he's going to be better scoring at the rim than we're – you know, if, a tie may be the best thing because that might get us the best shot. So, all I right. think some of that, like, all right, can we get the best shot? What, the, what does that look like? So, yeah. um, I don't want a kid jacking up a, a bad three, tough off balance, just to win the game for the sake of winning it. You know, we want to kind of get the best shot we can. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. Um,
2: casual or professional on the sidelines?
1: Ooh, I, listen, this year I am casual, and I think – I don't know if we'll go back because, yeah. you know, I'm a sweater, and so, like, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've spent way too much money on dress shirts and dry cleaning, so I'm probably, <laughs> like, go to polos and, like, a three-quarter zip and, like, yeah. invest in that. Um, yeah, I I've, I've just ruined a lot of shirts, and, and so – and I get really hot, and I sweat. So this year it's been nice, um, you know, and it's – yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. You know, and our league can go. Our, our, our league can go. I mean, we're not, we got guys that dress up. And I've, I've always been like a, I was like a suit guy. Then I was like a take a jacket off a tip guy. Then I was like, <laughs> you know, no jacket, no, you know, or like no tie a jacket, take the jacket off, then no jacket. And, you know, I just, I, I think I've just moved away every year from like the dress ups. I mean, so I want to be comfortable. I'm with you. you. Know. And sometimes our game, I mean, so our games too, sometimes we got to, yeah, we might be traveling down
2: and
1: playing. So yeah, I, just, yeah. I don't want to. I want to be comfortable.
2: Yeah, certainly makes certainly makes traveling uh, easier and packing easier. Hey,
0: you guys are s- sweating like you guys sweat equally. So I don't know if yeah, you see. I'm, seen,
2: I'm, a, I'm a too. But he
0: has a towel that he has for the podcast, and so he's he's <laughs> over there like John Thompson, just wiping off his sweat. So. uh, um, something in common between you two. Yeah,
1: right? I, I, I definitely Bruce Pearl a lot when I was I was a <laughs> student and just you know I sweat through a lot of shirts. Yeah. So. so so
0: you need so we need to get you a maroon suit, is what you're saying?
1: Something, <laughs> yeah, something dark, right?
0: No, 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 a maroon one, a maroon, a maroon one, just like Bruce, Bruce
2: Pearl's Pearl, orange, orange
1: one. Yeah, <laughs>
2: not. or cardinal. Excuse me. <laughs> um, all right, uh, early morning practice or evening or night practice.
1: I like that. I mean, we're, we've been we've been spoiled here. Let me practice it between one thirty and two thirty every day, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, like, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind morning practice. To every once in a while, you gotta send a message and get guys out of their routines. But yeah. you know, I don't think that's always necessarily productive. And then, um, but when I, when I was division three, I mean, you were five, seven, and nine. That was the three times you had classes. Mm-hmm. Went to four, four thirty, five, seven, and nine. So. Um, you know I, I i don't you know i can imagine ever going back to that like yeah. late night practices at nine and and, and just um but um yeah. So sometimes the seven were nice when our kids were young because that was bedtime. I was like, I'm going to get out of the bedtime. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> you know? And I come home at nine and it's kind of it's just... just quiet awesome. You know? <laughs> but now it doesn't matter. Like our kids are up at, you know, it's eleven thirty, twelve 30, 12 o'clock. And I'm like, y'all go to your room. It's <laughs> like, I, you know, and I'm a night person, so I don't wind down easy. But um, yeah, our kids are up late. So like it, it wouldn't matter now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It if you could not coach basketball or be in the world of sports, what would you do? A uh, world of sports? Yeah,
1: yeah. Ooh. Maybe be a professional golfer. You know, I'll yeah. Play on PGA tour. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a golfer. Yeah, maybe fish on the Bassmaster tour. Maybe be a professional hunter. But I love it. I could be a professional hunter. And, like make a living doing it. And, like travel the world and like do something like that. Like that you would signed be. Up. Yeah, um, just something something outside
2: okay so what's your handicap in golf
1: uh i don't know six or seven, maybe maybe a little bit low. i mean somewhere around there oh, five gosh. or six Something like that what uh, uh what'd you shoot the last time you played 80 80, 80. I, I, 80. I don't I, I don't i don't play i mean I, I really don't i played in high school but i don't i mean i play tournaments now with mostly like you know events and stuff and so um but my dad and I used to play. That was our thing. And then my mom, my mom's before my dad passed away, my, my, my dad retired and he got my mom in the golf. She plays like five six days a week now.
2: A couple more real quick. Uh, should every team make the conference tournament? Yeah,
1: every team make the conference tournament. I've, I've always, said yes. yeah. I always said yes. I always said yes. I think that like, yeah, I, I want to see every team have a chance and it, you know, basketball is a tournament sport. I think there's nothing like the conference tournament and even when, cause there's a lot of things that can, like in our league, eight teams go out of 13, like there's, there's that eighth team, not 19th, 10th team that win the league. They can And so I'd love to see everyone represented there. And, um, it's a tournament sport, you know, and there's something magical about getting to the tournament. And at the end of the day, you gotta, you know, you get a team that gets hot and two, three days in a row, then you have a chance to be a post-season team. So, um, I would love to see every team, every team there in some ways, like, you know, well, it's a playing games or whatever, but um yeah. Yeah. You know, I just don't think it costs that much more for at our level for later one to to finish not playing another game or two and, and have a chance to extend your season. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um
2: <clears throat> okay, well the last one I'm not I normally this is where I would ask you LeBron or Jordan but you have already clarified with us that you uh, are a Jordan guy. So I'm just going to ask you why are you a Jordan guy and not a LeBron guy?
1: Generation, just my generational. It's just a generational thing and I think I have a huge respect. I do respect LeBron. I think he's phenomenal. And, and I don't know, Jordan, I, I would say this. I, I think that there was never a player, and maybe against me, because I grew up in that generation, that was able to capture, I think, like a kid or a teenager in a way that he, he did on a basketball floor. Not that like Jordan's not – I remember LeBron's like I – and mean, he does phenomenal things, right? But I think Jordan for in, in every way was just like he just had you – like, a the TV, or yeah, just like eating right. out of the palm, and you're like, you're just, and you know, and then you wanted to go out and do everything he did. So, yeah. I've never seen a player steal to like, and maybe, and again, I'm just older, but and the kids are doing it, but you know, that you, you, every kid grew up worshiping him, and then every kid walked mm-hmm. out into that playground and tried to be just like him and mimic everything he did. And, and you know, whether it's wearing like the sleeve below your knee and the arm, whatever it is, it's like. Mm-hmm you everybody wanted to be on so um yeah i'm a jordan guy you'll never be able to, to change that i know i know i know it, yeah. it, I know. it can't
2: change can't change the generational stuff um well coach,
1: no. No. coach
2: Smith, we appreciate you coming on today uh coming on to the podcast uh where can everybody find you on social media instagram or twitter or anything
1: yeah, uh, I, man, I'm I'm not great at that stuff. But I'm on Twitter. I'm on. I think I'm on Instagram. I don't post a lot on Instagram. Uh, Nate, do you have my handles and stuff? I don't know. But that I invited that, two seconds. Like I think. Uh,
0: I, I I would. I think I know the name, but I don't want to say
1: it and it's wrong. All I'm at B, B Smith twenty four ten. I'm gonna hold up. B Smith twenty four ten, and then uh, I'm not sure on Instagram, but. Uh, Yeah, I'm getting better at that
0: stuff. (laughs) You are. You're getting better.
1: I am. I'm trying my kids help. You know, having having young kids, our teenagers, and they help for sure.
0: On Instagram, you're Bubba2410. And then you can also follow Lee Men's Basketball
2: at LeeUMBball. Harder, harder. And you can find myself on Instagram at the ace of spades with a Z on the end. You can find Nathan on Twitter at his new Twitter name uh, at Coach Nate Moran. You can find him on Instagram at Nate5 underscore Moran. You can find mine of a coach on Twitter at Mind of a coach pod. And you can find Mind of a coach on Instagram at Mind of a coach. Uh, coach Smith, thank you again. We appreciate your time uh, sitting down chatting with us. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. It really was.
1: Hey, hey thank you all for doing this, man. This was fun. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks for having me. And uh, Nate, I'll see you for tomorrow.
0: I'll see you tomorrow, (laughs) coach. See you again. Throwing through your hips. You're (laughs)
2: showing
1: the recording. I just pressed it.
0: So, like, coach, you would be like, yeah, so you just like throw your hips through. And I'm like, trying to like figure out, I don't don't know how to throw my hips (laughs) through. Like, I'm so bad at doing this. So, like, he's trying to explain it to me, and I'm like, please just like. Anything, but, but like obviously, like I'm trying that stuff. I'll go to the range. Oh yeah. Stuff. But yeah, I mean, Coach Smith. Helps me more than just being a basketball coach. She helps me down. Free candy for the masses, we with stereo sound. Like the Vaders and the
2: Gedas in the breakbeat tune. Automator on the fader corner shop with the boom. Slapping hands with my brothers as we rise to the sun. Lays on fonts, feel the rhythm of the rhymes you stone. Same on a pal, baby talk for your pleasure tonight. Here's the gender with the streets, we be like so on ice. Check it. Here's the gender with the streets, we be like so on ice. Check it. And the candy man is back.